Good morning, everybody. Feel good today? Good. So glad that you are here today. Hey, uh, I'm in a series of messages uh, called All Together. Everybody say All Together. It, uh, it really is born out of this um, last season of us kind of uh, thinking about pushing refresh uh, on a few things for our church and uh, it, it has been a great journey through this year for us to just kind of analyze and um, figure out uh, what, what's good and what do we want to hang on to and uh, what do we want to reemphasize, what, what have we maybe drifted on a little bit, uh, what are we saying just this doesn't fit anymore. And uh, I remember last week I was talking about this idea that um, Abraham, after his encounter where uh, he separates from Lot, and there was a lot of tension involved with Abraham and Lot. And how many of you know that before any kind of separation takes place, there's a buildup of tension and, uh, and stuff going on? So Abraham's uh, servants and herdsmen are fighting and arguing with Lot's servant and herdsmen. And finally, they just realize, you know, probably best if we just go our separate ways. And uh, the beautiful thing about that story to me in the book of Genesis is that uh, God reiterates to Abraham the, the vision that he gave him uh, as he started on his journey. And I always think it's a good thing uh, to stop at times and think about it. And here we are. Uh, it's, it's the end of November. Um, we're about ready to end 2019. We're about ready to move into year 2020. Can you, can you believe that? 2020 is here. We're just 20 years away from Y2K, if you can remember that. Um, and um, and I, think, I think it is good at, at, you know, at certain points. It's always kind of a good thing to do at the end of a year, certainly at the end of a decade, uh, certainly at the end of 30 freaking years, uh, to stop and think about uh, what, what, what's, what's still me, what's still us, and uh, evaluate the things that hold value to us, what's still true to my soul now, what's just to carry on, or uh, really to think about um, what are things that we possibly have drifted on, so take a fresh look at, at what's going on, so that's what we've been doing for a while, and I've been thinking about this idea uh, there's a concept called first principles, uh, where, and uh, you would have heard of Elon Musk, who is a SpaceX guy, and um, Tesla, and all these different things that he's come up with, just really a, a genius kind of guy, and he has um, gone after this concept of first principles, where he says a lot of times people will, will make judgments based on analogy, or make judgments based on what has happened, and he's trying to boil things down to their purest essence, to their basic uh, essence. It's sort of like the story I've told over the years where uh, you have this a board and you need to cut it a certain length and you have a couple of hundred boards to cut. And if you just flip from you know the board you just cut and measure off of it and flip that new board, but after a while, you'll be so far off from your original measurement, you need to go back sometimes to the original measurement that you needed and so part of this that we're doing for a few weeks, few months, however long we take, is to go, let's, let's just really go to 
what is the vision of the house? And, and what, is, what, what are we about? What, and so just to say to you that this church was founded with a sense of vision. Uh, it, it, there's some intentionality. There's some purpose uh, to what we're, uh, what we're about. And to, to boil back down again to some basic essence ideas and go, this is what we're really all about. And so uh, I want to start with Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Um, this is Jesus talking to Peter. This is after Peter uh, has had the, the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, and, um, and Jesus changes Peter's name, his identity. And uh, Matthew 16, verse 18, he says, I also say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock, the rock of revelation, that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the Lord, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not overpower the church. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I, I, can, I can say this with, with uh, emphatic certainty. God is at work in the earth today building his church. That all across the world, God is building his church. Uh, no, no need to worry. No need in watching the news to worry. Uh, no need in reading the reports that you might in a magazine or a newspaper, if there still are newspapers, I don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, but all, all the skewed reporting that comes across on the news right all the all the facebook algorithms uh that report certain kinds of news uh i just want you to know that god has not been moved off his throne uh he's still got the word oops is not in god's vocabulary uh yeah the words i'm really worried about that are not in god's vocabulary and uh, and so you can know that God is at work, and one of the things that he is doing, one of the most important things that he's doing, is actually building the church. You're, another story of Abraham uh, is when he's appealing to God, and God is, is wanting to pour out judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham is bargaining with God. And he said, God, if there's 50 people, 40 people, 30 people, 20 gets down to 10 people. In other words, he's saying to God, if there's 10 people that love you, that want to serve you, that are, are passionate about righteousness and about living for you and living for your purpose, would you spare the city? Well, I just want to say, thank God, there's more than 10 people in this room right now. And God's got something to work with uh, if, he's got, if he's got you and me. So God's God's. God's channel, God's agent, God's way of getting his work done, of manifesting himself in the earth, is the church. And it, it, it's been that way for centuries, and it will be long after you and I are gone. <laughs> God is building his church. And the Bible says that he's given the church the authority, literally the keys. He, he, he gave us the keys. If I give you the keys to the building, you've got authority to come in the building. 
If I give you the keys to the car, you got authority to drive the car. He gave us the keys of the kingdom to, to bind on earth, to loose on earth what God wants done. And I just want to, I just want to keep, I want to lift our sight a little bit about this thing called church. Uh, because I don't want us to see church as something that is just a meeting we go to on occasion when it fits our schedule. Uh, a place that we go to, I, I want us to see what God is after and what he wants to, to cause us to be involved in. And so uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says, The manifold wisdom of God is now made known through the church. Everybody say through the church. Through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. So we all know that the Bible teaches us that, they're, they're, that the battle that we are facing in life is not a battle with flesh and blood, but it's with, with there's higher spiritual forces. There are, there are spiritual forces behind what's going on in all the natural. And to forget that is to forget one of the most important aspects of living life. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just uh, you're, you're clearing out uh, cobwebs and never killing spiders. And so there, the, through the church, God is letting the rulers and the authorities, the rulers and the authorities in the spiritual realm over Asheville, over Western North Carolina, over the United States, over the entire world, over regions of the earth, the God is letting the manifold wisdom of God is known through the church to those spiritual beings. Uh, Ephesians 3 verse 21 says, to him be the glory in the church. Everybody say in the church. And in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's a Randy Travis song right there, I think. Uh, and, but God's always up to, to something in the earth um, and he's, he's always wanting to release some, God loves planet earth, right? He so loved the world that he sent his son. He didn't send his son to judge the world, but to save the world. He's after salvation. God loves freaky Asheville. Come on, he does. He kind of made it freaky and that's okay. Uh, I, I sort of like that, but what he, what he, but he does love Asheville, and he does love Western North Carolina. He, he even loves all the way out to Waynesville. He does. He goes that far. <laughs> he might even go to Tennessee. I don't know. But, but, I, just, but I just, I just want to say that, that to cooperate with God in building his church, to build with God, to be connected to what God is doing, that is putting your energy and your resources and your talents and your time into the right place. God's plan and God's purpose is in the earth is always revolving around building his church. And if you want to be in the middle of the plan of God, if you want to be in the middle of the purpose of God, there'd be, there'd be no clearer statement I could make to you than pour 
significant effort into building the church. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I read it a lot. It, it, it speaks to me every time I read it. But Ephesians 1.23 and the message says, The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. The, the church is the greatest institution on the face of the earth. Amen. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Nations come and go, but the church remains. Government comes and goes. And some people think if I was really involved in government, that's where I'd make the biggest uh, influence. And if God calls you to be involved in government, amen. But I just want to say, one, one season, the Republican guy is the president. And the next season, the Democrat guy is the president. And it just comes and goes. One season, the economy is up. The next season, the economy is down. But the church still remains. Businesses start and businesses stop, but the church remains. God has accomplished incredible, amazing things through the centuries, through his church, despite her humanity. Here's how I know the church is supernatural. It has survived all of us. <laughs> that has survived you and your funky attitude and me and my funky attitude. And the truth is, if, if most businesses were run as poorly as most churches are run, they would be out of business. But the supernatural touch of God keeps the church alive and thriving and strong. There, there would be no loftier purpose for a person's life than to invest it significantly into the building of the church. Come on, if you want your life to count for something that matters to God, then pour your life into building the house of God, into building the church. The, the church is right at the center of God's plan right at the center of God's purpose. And I contend that the church deserves our best. Amen. The church deserves our best in time, in our schedule. In other words, schedule gets built around church, not church squeezed in after I've done everything I want to do. The church gets put in the center of our town. If God gave you a talent, use it to serve church. The use of our treasures, that's why, that's why the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's, the, it's not just 
it's not just a token, it's the first and best because there's nothing more important on planet earth in the eyes of God than the building of his church. So to get connected, to be all together, heart connected to the church is supremely higher than attending a handful of meetings. It's a matter of the heart. It's your heart getting connected to the house. You, You get connected to the collective purpose of the house. To to be joined to the vision of the house is a different thing than I go to meetings at that building on 273 Monta Vista Road. I'm going to say that again because to be joined, connected, involved, all together in the vision of the house is a different thing than I just go to meetings at that place every once in a while. Can anybody really hear what I'm saying? Right? If you want a church that's just about go to meetings, then this isn't your church. If you get connected to the ongoing purpose of the house, you get connected. So I want to talk about a couple of things that um, are real and practical. And hopefully I will um, encourage you and possibly challenge you. So I want to take a few minutes today. I want to talk about connecting with prayer and connecting with worship. Those are two elements of church and church life that no governmental organization can house. Those are two powerful ways to turn the key to release heaven to bind up what the enemy is trying to do. When I, when I look at this first principle idea and I look at the first principles in the book of Acts, which is our first measurement of church, the church in the book of Acts was devoted to prayer. Uh, just a couple verses. I could read a dozen, but I'm going to read a couple. Acts 1 verse 14, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Acts 2.42 says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everybody say continually Continually. devoting. Continually 
And obviously, praying together was a secret to the early church's power. All of history shows every, every massive move of God was preceded by massive prayer activity. Prayer, both us together as prayers and you and me individuals, prayer is our admission that we need heaven's help. <laughs> Come on, anybody feel like you ever need help? Heaven's help to achieve God's purpose in the earth. So, where I'm going to walk into your space for just a moment is to ask you, when do you pray all together with your church? We have pre-service prayer, which actually would be a good setup for many of us because it would give us an opportunity to pray together with our church. It happens a half hour before like official service starts, but to me, when prayer starts, that's when service starts. That's the way I've just reframed it in my head. So 15 minutes, we're praying, God, do your thing. 15 minutes, getting my coffee. I'm saying hello to somebody. And then I actually can be here on time for worship. Well, it, it, it kills a lot of birds at one stone. And so we have prayer seasons in our church. We have mega worship nights in our church. We'll call for prayer at different times. But my question is, how connected are you actually in real time to the vision of the house to pray. So prayer is not just a concept. You actually pray. There's a crazy idea. And the Bible, here, Acts chapter 3. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, which was the scheduled hour of prayer. And let me just say something about a life of prayer and a, a church's life of prayer. When you pray, it, it connects you to a different realm. It, it, it put. It does something in your soul, and it connects you to heaven. It connects you to peace. It, it connects you to resource. It connects you to a perspective. The Bible says Jesus himself often would withdraw to lonely places to pray. He he would, he would pull away and pray all the time because he wanted to be connected. You operate on a different rhythm when you're connected 
to a life of prayer. Uh, and, and let me just say this. The reality of walking prayer out as an individual and as a house is it is a constant struggle with your flesh. I, I've, been a, I've been a believer, I, I mean, like a hardcore, fully on fire believer for 45 years. And I still have to break through a resistance barrier almost every time. To pray. But the outcome of continually showing up all together. I'm, I'm going to say that until I get an amen. The outcome of showing up all together to the place of prayer puts your life, puts our church in touch with the spirit realm, and in touch with the heartbeat of God. Everybody say pray, pray. All, all together. together. All right. I want to talk about connecting with worship. Connecting with worship. Worshiping God is one of the essential elements of church life. There's been a lot of um, approaches towards church that have been seeker-sensitive. In other words, being more sensitive to, um, to guest than to the presence of God. And I'm not an either-or kind of guy. Like, but, I, but I will stand on this place. Church is first and foremost God's house. And... Our number one priority is to honor and worship God together. I am for what technology offers us, but you cannot replace the all-together experience of worshiping God in the room together just by watching one of our services or anybody's services on a video. Now, I'm not against watching on video because I do it. I love to watch what other people are doing. And I, there's preachers that I love to listen to. But none of, none of that can ever replace the all together of worship that we can experience in the house of God. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts clean from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, everybody say us. That's a together statement. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us, everybody say us, consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. It's an easy habit to fall into, right? But incur and, and the thing is, the truth is, you do what you want to do. You go where you want to go. 
Whatever, whatever. If, if, if you don't show up, just say, I ran out of peanut butter. Because that excuse is just as good as whatever other one you gave. Yeah. Hey, man, missed you in church. Oh, I'm sorry, I ran out of peanut butter. Might as well just say, I didn't want to come. I just didn't, I didn't prioritize it. Wasn't important to me. Amen. Come on, Pastor Kirk. You're preaching the vision of the house and hope you like it. Don't care if you don't. Um, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's a lot of cool things that happen in church. People, friends, we learn, we get inspired. But I just want to I just want to keep bringing us back to first principle. We come together to worship God. Not just in theory. The, the worshiping God together is the first button on the shirt. There, the value of us gathering together to pray and worship is off the chart. And the Bible gives us a pattern uh, to follow, a pattern to worship God. Uh, I know sometimes people look at our worship and go, oh, I don't like all that newfangled worship. Well, I'm just going to suggest to you, I'm going to read a few scriptures to you and help us realize that the way we worship is actually several thousand years old. Psalm 100, verse 1, says, Shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. In other words, Praise him in church. Praise him outside the church. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 47 says, Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. The word of the Lord came to the Rock Church the second time. Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. I know somebody sitting there, I ain't going to clap my hands. You can't, make, you can't make me. Shout to God with the voice of joy. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Psalm 66, verse 1, shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. I mean, make it as 
Make it as big as you can make it. Make it so that you too looks at church and goes, man, I wish we could make our concerts as cool as church. Let me go, you what? <laughs> Psalm 95, verse 1, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, for the Lord is a great God. He is a great king above all gods. Psalm 98, verse 4. This is my last one, so you can rest easy now. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the king, the Lord. Now, all I want to say is that there's a whole lot of thread of thinking, a recurring theme that the expression of our worship is tons of singing, passionate, full heart, full, fully engaged. Our love is to be expressed exuberantly. That's what these verses are telling me. There's volume. It's hard to shout. And it's not volume just for volume's sake. It's not just because loud is good. It's because we worship an awesome, amazing, most excellent, gracious, powerful, wise, merciful, without any close equal, loving, strong, beautiful, redemptive, life-saving God. Come on. Come on. Yeah. is to, to realize this isn't you have to, this is you get to. It's like when you recognize who this God is, how can you do anything less? And I just want to say, and this is what I'm after, all together in prayer, all together in worship, not just nodding our head to the idea of praying, but never praying. Not just nodding our head to the idea of worship is, yeah, you're right, it's kind of cool. But actually praying altogether. Actually worshiping altogether with your church family. I want you to close your eyes. Father, as we come to the end of this meeting, we, we pause to remember that you've given us 
this incredible resource of prayer and worship that allows us to turn the key to release the kingdom of God in the earth. Forgive us for being slack in praying. Forgive us for showing up late to worship. God, may you capture the heart of this house in a fresh new way, God, that we would all together pray and we would all together worship our God. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just want to take a minute. Maybe you're here today and the truth is you've never actually really surrendered your life to Jesus. I, I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you know that there was a time in your life where you used to be closer to God than you are now. You have slipped away. You have the old term, be backslid. You have fallen away. You're not where you want to be, where you need to be. Maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand, but right here in this moment, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, but I just want you to be honest with yourself and with the God who loves you. Lord, I, I want to surrender to you. I want to come back to you. I want to be sure I'm right with you. If that speaks to your soul at all, I want you to lift your hand real high and say, Pastor, pray for me. That's where I'm at. Come on, thank you. Thank you. Come on, lift those hands real high just right where you are. No shame in this. It's a beautiful moment of redemption. It's a beautiful moment of forgiveness. It's a beautiful moment of a fresh start. Come on, anybody just right here in this moment, you recognize you're not where you want to be, where you could be, where you should be. And this is your moment to step in right now. Thank you, Lord. I want us all to pray this prayer together. Everybody lifted their hand. This is really for you, but we're all going to pray it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, thank the Lord.